Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. The Oilers back to work. Brendan Ulrich has thrown a story up on 630Ched.com. Uh, head coach Todd McClellan did say Benning looks like he'll be okay, so maybe he will be able to play tomorrow. Chris Russell did not practice today. Darnell Nurse and Jujar Kara skated, not ready to play yet, but uh, promising that they are getting closer to coming back. Inside Sports presents Legends of the Game. Well, you know, it's a cool guest if... It's got that music coming up. Hey, it's former Oilers defenseman Jason Strudwick. <laughs> I love it. That is the best intro I've ever had on any radio program I've ever been on. Well, there you go. I figured you'd appreciate it. <laughs> no, you don't give that to Rob Brown, do you? Oh, of course not. No. No, no. The guy, he talks a great game, but doesn't back it up. No. Know, I'm glad you, you figured it out. It's classic. I think the last guy who got that was Warren Moon. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. I think I take second spot to, to Warren. I think Warren is an elite, elite uh, athlete in this time. Uh, Warren was pretty... Well, you are I mean, you and I are fairly close in age, so uh, you would have remembered right. Warren Moon as... Uh, sure. I mean, he was, he, was a, he was special to this city at that time, wasn't he? Well, he sure was. And I remember my, my parents, especially my dad, uh, as I grew up talking about Warren Moon and when Warren transitioned down the NFL and oh, he's not going to do well, and he still did well down there. I, I just loved it. You know, I, I've always, I don't know what it is, I've always loved when CFL players go down to the US, to the uh, NFL and do well. You know, I, I don't know if it's because it's Canadian, whether they're American or not, I want them to succeed after playing the CFL, and it was great to see Warren do that. Yeah, well, and he's he always he he still talks about Edmonton when he does interviews, and he sure. probably comes on the show with us here once and twice a year, twi- once or twice a year. I know he goes on with Jason in the afternoon on your old station. Like, and he's sure. he's not one of those like he's he's always he, he can never say enough about Edmonton, and I know Edmontonians still appreciate that about him. We well, you know what it is, Reed. I you know I, I can relate on some level. I didn't have the success uh, as far as points and such that uh, Warren Moon did, but I you know I still have an affinity to Vancouver. You know I kind of cut my teeth in the NHL there. Um, I grew up there. I became you know I went from a you know a young twenty two year old guy to a man, and um, you know it, you kind of have always you remember that feeling. There's always a good feeling associated with that city. And I think if you ask Wayne Gretzky, obviously Mark Messi, all those guys, they all kind of grew up. As young players, and moved, and then became men uh, as they as they left Edmonton for one reason or another. So, it, there's definitely that that uh, kind of that, that that heartfelt tie as a professional athlete. You get to your first real pro city. 
Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Well, you were building some new ties recently, Jason, and I talked to you briefly before you went on this journey, and uh, and you said, look, I'm going, you get in touch when, when you get back, and I'll come on the show, and we'll we'll talk about it. I, I only know bits and pieces of what you did, but you were, where were you, in, in Hong Kong and Beijing? What was going on over there? Yeah, so I was in Hong Kong. This journey to Hong Kong started about two years ago. Um, I was invited by uh, the uh, director of Kung Pao Kings Hockey, that's a local hockey program in Hong Kong, uh, to come and to uh, work with his group. He put on like a, they had their Chinese New Year, so it's a holiday time. So they had, all the kids had the week off. So we had about 30 kids every day for two hours, um, you know, from about, from young five to like 15. Uh, so, you know, the ice was kind of split up in different areas, but I, it was a great experience. I think the kids enjoyed it. I think, you know, my style of coaching would be different or what they've had. Uh, not better or worse, just different. Uh, I think the coaches enjoyed it. That it worked with those kids. They kind of see how I coach or how maybe a, a North American guy would, would approach it. And then I loved it. I mean, working with these kids, it should be said, they all spoke English except for a couple players that were from mainland China. They were pretty much all uh, only Chinese. Um, and I realized that because they're pretty good players, and I always wanted them to go first to the drills, but they always got the drills wrong. I couldn't figure it out. So at the end of the second day, the other coach said, hey, they don't speak English. Maybe put them in the back of the line. Oh, okay. I was like, well, that, that, that would have been good to know that yesterday. But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, they, they got it sorted out. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like, hockey's not easy there, Reed. There's not a lot of arenas. Um, the arena we were at, uh, it was about probably generously saying two-thirds the size of an NHL rink, $700 an hour. $700 an hour there. Uh, for a full-size NHL rink, there's only one in Hong Kong, $1,500. Per hour. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you had 30 kids. Uh, so how how old were they How and how proficient were they as players in general? So we had kids from 5 to 15. Um, I would, you know, I would suggest that, that their, their top players would kind of be our average players for any given, for any given age group. Um, but listen, there's some challenges. Um, you know, limited ice time. Um, no real hockey culture. When I go on the ice with kids, I love to challenge them with tri- uh, trivia questions, you know. So, you know, depending on the age of the group, I- I'll-, I'll be quite easy or quite hard. But, I mean, these guys, they didn't really know, you know, who won the Stanley Cup last year. And that's not because they're dumb. They're just, that the reason is there's no hockey on there. I was there in Hong Kong for nine days. The only time, if you can believe it, the only time I saw the uh, NHL was when I landed in Hong Kong. I looked up at a TV in a bar. It was Oilers playing the Sharks. That's the only time I saw anything hockey-related except for fake jerseys in the uh, boutiques that I was going into. <laughs> right. And um, it was amazing. Like so, so just think, if you're trying to learn a sport, trying to love a sport, trying to become good at a sport, and you don't really have the culture to it, 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 it makes it very difficult. Jason Strudwick joining us. Okay, so that was Hong Kong. And then did you hit Beijing as well? Yeah, I went to Beijing, so that was just a personal trip. I've always oh, okay. wanted to see the Great Wall of China, and I'm telling you, the Great Wall of China, I, for those that they know it's amazing. It stretches for as far, as far as I can see in any direction where I went to visit it, and uh, it was it is amazing. I was moved when I was up there. It takes a lot to get moved, Reed. But that moved me seeing that uh, the, the Great Wall of China. Okay, well that that sounds like that that sounds like quite a trip. So, did so you spent about a week with the kids in Hong Kong? Did you did you leave feeling like, you know, they got something out of it? Like it was worth it for you to spend that time with them? Like they improved or took took something away from it? 
I think so. You know, and the, the kids asked me to come back again. The parents were asking me to come back again. I, I think I may do it at some point. Um, but you know what I find is that there's structure. You know, there's not just practice, but there's structure. So when you go and watch, you know, there's practice. Uh, when Todd blows the whistle, all the players come in, take a knee, and they're attentive. They're not leaning against the wall. They're not laying on the ice like they're at the beach. They're not getting extended water break. You know, there's, there's structure to how the practice is structured, if that makes sense. And so that was what I spent quite a bit of my time on because I found there was a lot of wasted time, um, you know, getting a drink of water. They, when they went to get a drink of water, they felt there was more time to visit. And I'm, I'm like, so by the end of the first day, I was like, you have 10 seconds to get a drink of water. They went and got a drink of water, came back, and we moved on to the next drill. So that's just like that structured, and, and you know, that's really no one's fault. But again, that's that culture of hockey. You know, that growing up, you learn that from the time you're very young to the time you make it, you know, to, your, to the NHL or the men's league. You get organized and move along with your practice, and that's kind of the, some of the structure I try to work on on top of the practice time. That's uh, that's really interesting. Okay, let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm going to sound totally ignorant here, but it's because I am. Uh, I mean, I know soccer is big pretty much everywhere in the world except North America, but what did you sense was the dominant sport in Hong Kong in terms of popularity? Um, yeah, soccer's huge. Ping pong, too. Ping oh, wow. really huge, actually. Yeah, they... Um, you know, they, they, it was pretty interesting, actually. We actually went by an academy in both Hong Kong and Beijing where some of the greatest uh, table tennis players have ever come off of. And so that was pretty interesting to see those guys and, and, and just to see, or not see them, but see where they train and just see that the kind of the, the popularity they have. So that, that's a major sport uh, in that area. Awesome. Okay, that's cool. Jason Strudwick joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL defenseman, now the host of Dinner Television on City TV. And I'm curious to get your take on this. Um, a five-day, well, I guess four and a half for the Oilers because they practice this afternoon. By the way, if anybody's seeing that Cam Talbot wasn't on the ice, travel delay there. So we do expect the Oilers goaltender to be ready to go tomorrow. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you make of this break, Jason? I, I just see how the rest of the schedule has been condensed, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of this bye week. But as an ex-player, I'm wondering your opinion of it. Yeah, in October, I was asked this, and I said I loved it. I, I thought it was fabulous because. I know from my experience going through the Olympic breaks, you know, Canada never brought me to those Olympic experiences, which turned out all right because they won most of the time. But, um, you know, you, you do, it was so good just to rest and even more than resting was to heal because you're always sore. Every morning you get up, there's something bothering you, your hands, your back, your ankles, your knees, you are been slashed. Something, so you just felt good again. And I always found that, that the rest of the season was good. The problem this year is that it was really condensed. You have an all-star break, you have a five-day break, you have a condensed schedule on top of the World Cup, so really puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the schedule. And so, you know, I've talked to some players around the league, and they, they said, you know, that they're not loving it as much as they thought they would either. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward with this break, if they were to pull it out or, or, or change it or, or who knows what they'll do. But it, it those I'll tell you what, playing those third games in four nights and it, or, or, or back-to-backs, there's some nights where you jump on the ice and your legs are just burning. Like, they're just, they feel like they're going to explode. They're so tired. And I know there's guys at home saying, well, I work hard. And like, I know a lot of people in this great uh, country of ours, they work very hard. But the, the, the difference is that, you know, you have to be at your peak physical ability every single night to compete with other people that are fresh. And when your legs are burning, it is really upsetting. And any guy who's played at any level, they'll know that what I'm talking about, this burning leg sensation. It's just gross. If you jump on for one, your legs are broken or burning. You're like, oh, this is going to be a long night. I could be in trouble here. Right. Okay. You know, it's interesting, Jason, because uh, you texted me one night during overtime open line 
Rob and I were talking about how the Oilers start. I can't even remember if they won or lost, but I think they were tied 0-0 after the first period. And I was saying, I don't know, I thought they were okay in the first period. And you actually texted me because you were listening, and you said, I don't know, man, like, I, I didn't like the way that they started that game. So give us your insight here for, for me to use tomorrow and claim I thought of it myself, but all, but also for... Okay, no. <laughs> for listeners, what what do we watch for in the first period tomorrow We're outside of the goals or the scoring chances? What do we watch for tomorrow to see if the Oilers are sharp or not? Okay, so this is drilled into me by Mike Keenan. Old Iron Mike Keenan. He was my coach. I went to Vancouver. And I'm not kidding you. I had, as a young player, I had one shift. My first shift, if I played well, I played north of 20 minutes. If I didn't play well, there was games. I didn't touch the ice again. And I remember one time we were playing in L.A. in the old forum, the old arena, I had a bad first shift, and I sat on the other side of the backup goalie. I wasn't in. I was. I was outside of the backup goalie, and I sat through the whole game. And afterwards, he pulled me and said, "You'll never had a bad first shift again in your life. You have to start well." And so for me, it was. You know, that just if ready to go to start the game, you're most likely going to be in the game the whole. Time. What happens a lot of time, and that that particular night, I forget who they're playing, but if you watch them that play the first couple of shifts. Their passes weren't sharp. They lost face-offs. There was a blown coverage. And they're just not ready. So now you're chasing the game. You know, you're, you're trying to get back into it. Another team is feeling good about themselves. Like, oh, maybe these guys aren't ready to go this, this tonight. So tomorrow night, let's see how they come out. Are they sharp? Are they ready? To, like, are there passes on the tape? Do they ice the puck three times in the first ten minutes? Um, does their goalie have to make great saves? Do they take some dumb penalties to start with? That, to me, would show they're not ready to play. Um, and it's a fine line between being ready and not ready to play. I think tomorrow the guy, and this is not going to be really earth-shattering, but I think Connor McDavid has to set the tone. If I was talking about, I would start Connor McDavid and just say, you know, and say, Connor, we need you tonight. Because Connor McDavid comes out, sets the tone, has a really good first shift, gets it going. The rest team has to fall too. They need him to push the pace tomorrow because there are going to be some guys who are a little bit hungover. And I'm not saying literally, but just kind of hung over from the five-day break mm-hmm. they just had. they got to hit the ground running. Hawks will be ready. They're playing in Winnipeg tonight. The order's got to be ready to start the game tomorrow for sure. What do you think this 5 o'clock practice felt like today? Regardless of the break or not, that's an unusual time for guys to practice. It would feel somewhat like if you had eaten uh, two turkey dinner for breakfast <laughs> and then uh, had a slurpee on the way to the rink and then a subway as you walked on the rink. I, I, I just... Hated that first practice, and I, I'm sure I wasn't there because I was working. But I'm sure I had a lot of flow drills and skating and yelling at them to get their feet moving. And he's doing all the right things, get the back in right away because there's no time. You don't have another practice tomorrow um, to kind of turn it. Well, I guess you have a morning skate, no real practice. So I, I just always hated those practices, especially right after Christmas. And that was only three days off or two days off back then. So I'm sure these guys they were like, oh my, they were coming, they got it done, but probably feel better. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we might have lost you there, Jason. Uh, thanks for coming on, though, buddy. Anytime, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. That's Jason Strudwick checking in. Just finished his shift over at uh, City TV. Of course, uh, former Oiler, former Canuck. He talked about the influence uh, on that in his career. New York Ranger as well. Played 674 games in the NHL. Really cool stuff. Going to Hong Kong to coach uh, hockey a couple hours every day. That was quite an experience. Good for Jason to do that. I'm sure he had a positive impact on the lives of, uh, of those young players. Really good. We will check the out-of-town scoreboard when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. 
Your quarterback, Mike Riley. CFL free agency on Tuesday. Eskimos extending Nate Ajay and Blair Smith today. More on 630Ched.com. Latest on the Oilers from their afternoon practice now up on our website as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Just two games in the NHL. Chicago and the Jets now tied 1-1. Eight minutes left in the second period. Still looking for the first goal between Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Six and a half minutes left in the second period there. The Edmonton Oil Kings in tough. They've lost 15 straight. They're taking on the Regina Pats, who are the number one ranked team in the entire CHL. But the Oil Kings have an early lead, up 1-0, eight minutes in. That'd be a heck of a way for the uh, Oil Kings to end this really tough slump. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. You can also text 630-630. Kellen Kennedy, somebody texted at about 714, approximately an hour after I mentioned your uh, Def Leppard shirt Mm -hmm. from the 1987 Hysteria Tour. You're wearing a red shirt. This is a red shirt, yes. This person says, I don't know if maybe they have a camera on you or if you tweeted yourself. That didn't sound good. Okay. If you posted an Instagram photo of yourself, if you took a selfie, did you do any of that? No. Well, this texture says, hey there, I still have my original t-shirt from that Def Leppard concert hanging in my closet. Cheers. There you go. There you go. Cool. I haven't taken a picture of myself in this shirt yet today, but I can if anybody wants just to see what it looks like. <laughs> I didn't know it was. A, I didn't know it was a rec- requirement of tonight's show or anything. So, dude, there, there's the question of the day, folks. Do you want to see a picture of Kellen in his Steph Leopard shirt? <laughs> What's your Twitter account? At Kellen Nitro. At Kellen Nitro. Yeah. So K E L L E N N I T R O. How many followers do you have? Um, uh, pushing about 640 right now. Are you sure that's the exact total? Uh, um, 634, 635. Let's let's say this: if you can get up to 700 by the top of the hour, then you'll post a picture of yourself in the Def Leppard shirt. Sounds great. By eight o'clock. Sure. There's our random Friday frivolous challenge. <laughs> And if people think we were planning that segment, oh, trust me, no. we, were, we weren't planning no. that segment. No. No. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, An- uh, Andrew Parker coming up, former U of A basketball player, now the head coach at Emmy Lazert, and uh, they got a really cool tournament going on this weekend. He's going to tell us why it's important when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Oh, there we go. Chris Jericho on the lead vocals. Do I have the right wrestler? You got it. Band is Fozzie. Fozzie. It's a fun album. I've had it for a couple years now. Do they have one since then? Uh, There's talk that they're going to plan to record one this year. That's Do You Want to Start a War is the album. That's right. And that song is uh, Tonight. Good album. Awesome album. Good album. Featuring Michael Starr of Steel Panther. Oh, is he in one of the songs? He's in that song. Oh, he's in that one? I didn't yeah. even know. Steel there Panther. Know. You know, here's the thing. That's if, a great band. The, the people who know Steel Panther are smiling to themselves now as they're driving or listening on their computer or whatever. The people who don't know Steel Panther are just like, what are they talking about? Uh, I will say this. If you, like me, uh, are into the, uh, the 80s rock and that genre of music in general even beyond the 80s, and have a 
comfort with dirty humor, shall we say, then you may want to check out Steel Panther. If you uh, don't like 80s music and or are easily offended, I would say don't go anywhere near Steel Panther. Fair enough? That is more than fair. Yes. Community Property is still their best song. Uh, you know what? It's on my iPod. Uh, there's another one they do, but I can't say the name. Can't so. say the title. Yeah, yeah, they have some songs like that, and we definitely can't read but any of the lyrics. Really good, yeah. There might be yeah. like little snippets of lyrics that you could you could read on air. Um, but they are they are they are they're doing a spoof basically of of that genre of music. Though the, the songs themselves are actually not bad. And they follow the style of you know certain certain bands, whether that one you know some sound like Motley Crue, some sound like Aerosmith, some sound like Bon Jovi, uh, and Community Property is a is a power ballad that uh, is quite silly and uh, not really romantic at all. But they're making they're making fun of that whole thing. I saw them play at uh, where did they play? I, well, I saw them in Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. At the House of Blues in uh, I can't remember the hotel. Was it the Luxor? I can't remember. Uh, somebody will correct me. And I saw them, I think last November, like November 2015, at uh, what's that place on uh, Calgary Trail? The, the Ranch is that what it's still called? Sure. I've yeah. been in the Ranch. I think it's the Ranch. Twice yeah. in my life. Once was when yeah. I did the stand-up comedy. In Andrew's competition, mm-hmm. and then I did. And then I went and saw Steel Panther, and and as much as I appreciate Steel Panther, um, it uh, you know it gets old after about the concert was a little over an hour. After mm-hmm. about half an hour, I felt like okay, I, I get it. Like you know, the, kind of the same jokes. The the best part of that concert was, it was uh, so they have the. Uh, one of the the bass player, his name is Lexi Fox. Okay. Right. So Michael Starr is the the lead singer. Yeah. And then Satchel is the guitar player, and we won't say the name of the drummer because mm-hmm. it's a if I if you say it properly, it sounds dirty. So CRTC I won't say would it. get mad. At I won't us. say it. So Lexi Fox is known for being very groomed, like he wears the eyeshadow and the lipstick, and he has long blonde mm. hair. So he did a uh, a hair solo where they blew fans on him and he modeled and let his hair blow in the breeze. That was that was how he did, he did his solo. I Which found is, that quite clever. And also so cliche of every hair metal song of the 80s. There was always the music video that came out with the lead guitarist on a platform, hair blowing right. all over the place, you know. <laughs> uh, Mandalay Bay, uh, I believe, was where House of Blues is. Uh, well, probably okay. still is yeah. in Las Vegas. I don't know when that was, 2013? Might have been 20... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was a while ago. I think they had a residency there, though. They'd play there every Friday and Saturday. Anyway, Inside Sports on 630, Chet Steel Panther. If you're, uh, again, if you're comfortable with uh, dirty humor, and I'm talking, like, really dirty, and you like 80s music, check them out for a laugh. If not, steer clear of it. Parents, not for kids. Well. Well. They're 14 yeah. plus, I would say. <laughs> well, what do I know? I don't have children. I, I whatever. Uh, Andrew Parker is the uh, head coach at the uh, at Emmy Lazert, the boys basketball coach. They have their Tom Elniski tournament going on this weekend. Pleased to welcome Andrew to the show. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't be happier. Well, it's great to talk to you. Busy weekend at your school, eh? How's the tournament going so far? Everything running smooth? Yeah, tournament's going fantastic. We just finished our slam dunk competition, our three-point shootout in the opening ceremonies, and uh, we got a lot of special people here, including uh, Tom Oniski's family coming down, so it was awesome, completely awesome. 
Right on. I, I, I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about Tom and his influence on you. But you mentioned the slam dunk contest. I, I still it still amazes me to hear that at a at a high school tournament. Now, of course, I'm five eight, but uh, <laughs> you got some guys that can throw down pretty good. There was actually a kid from uh, Belrose who was five nine. He could jump out the building. Like I was so impressed by him. Last night I was watching some games about eight p.m. He took off on one foot and he almost dunked on the entire team he was playing against. Then I had to go stand right next to him to make sure that he indeed was 5'9 and he's a little bit shorter. So, you know, there's some talented kids. Missouri has some great jumpers and pretty much all the kids we have here from Calgary, Fort McMurray, they put up an excellent effort today at the opening ceremony. Okay, great stuff. Andrew, uh, obviously this is a, a big uh, big day on the Emmy Lazard calendar, but it's important to remember it's named after Tom Elniski, who uh, uh, I guess we lost about 12, 13 years ago. But uh, now he, he was your high school coach. Is that the connection? Yeah, he was my high school coach. He was my brother Stephen's high school coach. And my brother David briefly played on a junior team at Lazard. So Lazard's like our like our home away from home in terms of basketball and, and schooling. So, you know, Coach was an incredible mentor to a lot of uh, students, a lot of boys who were on the basketball team. He's a father to the fatherless in many cases. And uh, that's why this tournament is very important because we're honoring his life and uh, everything that he did for kids in this community. Just tell me a little bit about how he affected you because I know you went on to play at the U of A and now you're, you know, you're, you're coaching the team that, that, that he used to coach. What, what was right. the personal impact he had on you? Well, first of all, you know, in high school, my grade 12 year, I was making poor decisions. Uh, I switched up my, uh, my group of friends and then probably wasn't the best decision at that time because I actually got suspended from school for about two, three weeks and almost expelled. And Coach Olinsky fought like tooth and nail to get me back on into school and back on the basketball team. And he, he like changed my life in the, in the best way. And I was able to continue my high school basketball career and academic career and get a scholarship to Concordia and go to University of Alberta, play for four years, and then play professionally for five. And uh, had he not intervened in my life at that point in time, I'm not too sure where I'd be. And, and that's the case not just for me, but for a lot of kids in our area of North Edmonton who are just trying to figure out life and, and find out, you know, what's the best things that we can do for ourselves so we can become mature adults. And Coach Tom did that for all of us, and I'm incredibly thankful and indebted to him for that. It, it sounds like he just was a man with a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy, um, but, I, but I assume he put expectations. He went to bat for you, right? But I assume there were expectations and things you had to live up to as well. well the greatest quality that he bestowed upon me is that, you know, a man is only as good as his character. I mean, character is what you do when no one else is watching. So, I mean, that kept me very grounded in, in, in my training and the work ethic that I brought to each and every school that I left after in the reserve. So I knew I had to work hard for everything. Didn't want to go in there with a privileged attitude. Wanted to work for everything that I got because I wanted to honor him. Even before he would um, face the battle of cancer, I just really looked up to him and I honored him. And I was telling my basketball team the other day that I wasn't really afraid of losing a basketball game, but I, I definitely didn't, never wanted to let down Coach Omiski. That was worse than losing for me. Well, you're obviously doing a great job continuing his, his work at the school, and it's so awesome the term is named after him. Uh, Andrew, I know we were talking just before we came on air here. You had, a tough, uh, you had a tough loss today, but you can still have a pretty good finish in the tournament. Uh, tell us what's going on for, for your team tomorrow. So, yeah, tomorrow we're going to play in the third-place game. I think we're going to play uh, the winner of Westwood and Belrose, which will be a great uh, – sorry, the loser of that game. And then the winner of that game will be going on to face Spruce Grove who beat us. Uh, they're coached by – Former Golden Bear, Rob Killen, he's doing an exceptional job in Spruce Grove, so I tip my hat up to them. 
And uh, yeah, like you said, you know, I was a little bit frustrated that our team lost, but we got to continue to play because that's what Coach Onesky would have done. He wouldn't have wasted too much time, you know, digging too hard into other guys. We would have just moved on to the next one and try and put our best foot forward. Right on. Andrew, it's great to catch up with you. I, I obviously used to call some of your games at the, at the U of A, so it's great to hear the uh, the hard work you're doing with Emmy Lazert. Keep it going, man, and I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. Thanks so much, and thanks to everyone who supported Tom Onesky's life on this tournament. Right on. Andrew Parker checking in. Uh, yeah, former U of A basketball player, now coaching at the school where he played, Emmy Lazert and the Tom Onesky. Uh, I found out, uh, you know what, first of all, that was a listener suggestion to look into that uh, the tournament. Uh, I did not go to high school in Edmonton, so we, even now, as I'm into the sports scene, I'm not going to claim to know everything about all the tournaments and stories. But, Kellen, we were talking during mm-hmm. the news break. You are yep. a graduate. Well, I'm pretty sure you graduated. Yes. Of Emmy That's what the documents school. say, at least. So. <laughs> and, and so, but no, you're, you, you were like, well, this is great. You also knew Mr. Elnis. Oh, absolutely. He was my phys ed teacher in grade 10. And uh, without him, I would have not known about the option courses for phys ed 20 and 30, which were uh, natural classes for me and helped me get the credits I needed to help graduate. Because uh, academic-wise, I kind of goofed around a lot in high school. So for me to, uh, you know, use the options to help graduate, that really helped out a lot, especially the phys ed options. So I'll always be forever in debt to that man. He was a great individual. Unfortunately, sure. passed away in 2004 mm-hmm. uh, after yeah. a battle with, uh, with cancer that I know he fought very hard against. What was it about him that you remember that, that connect? Because, you know, a lot of teachers try to connect with kids. Right. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. What was it about him and his energy that got through to you? Just his ability to talk to, uh, you know, one person, one minute who could be the quarterback of our football team and then talk to someone like me who at the time wasn't involved with anything athletic but just a student of his and be able to relate to different things on the same level and that stuff. Like he would be always... You know, we're talking Oilers or something and be like, oh, the Oilers last night didn't play a good team game or something, you know, and just be able to relate it and always ask how you're doing and and everything. He was just an outstanding individual. Well, that's awesome. And and, uh, a couple of people have contacted me since they heard that we were going to have Andrew on the show to talk a little bit about Mr. Elniski saying, Mm -hmm. oh, thanks. Thanks for doing that. So I'm happy. uh, I'm happy to do that. I I love doing segments like that. Andrew's busy with the tournament, obviously a busy weekend there. So I appreciate that he would take time for us. So they're out of the... uh, the Emmy Lazert made the third place game and the mm. final is tomorrow as well. And that Andrew Parker, man, what a physical specimen he was. He was a semester, uh, or not a semester, actually a full grade above me at high school. So I was able to watch a lot of his high school ball games growing up through high school and that stuff. Man, guy can dunk. Just amazing. Yeah. Well, I did, I did, uh, as I, I did, what did I do? Seven years, I did six or seven years of U of A basketball play by play. From 08 to, no, when did I do? I don't know, 07 to 13, maybe? I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was, his last couple of years, I was doing the play-by-play. And, yeah, he can leap out of the gym oh, if you give him a chance. Amazing. Yeah, really good yeah. athlete. Yeah, for sure. 745 Inside Sports on 630. Ched will uh, review what happened at Oilers practice today. And uh, we're going to follow up on uh, on a little something to do with a movie, but it ties into a guest we've had on the show when we return. This is
is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, thank you, Mr. Hendricks. Oilers and Blackhawks on this station tomorrow, 630 for the face-off show. The game will start at 8 o'clock. I'm Reed Wilkins, Kellen Kennedy working as the studio producer this evening. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Always appreciate it. One of the uh, the coolest... Uh, well, I don't know, what am I saying here? Not coolest people, but one of the coolest segments, opportunities we've had on this show is to uh, interview a few times Eric Johnson. And Eric, not not the defenseman, Eric is uh, an Edmontonian, now based in Toronto because of his acting career. Mm. But he started acting as a teenager, and we connected through Twitter because he would tweet me after Oilers games. And I was like, who is this guy that have this has this black and white profile picture that looks like he's an actor? And then I looked him up, and it's like, oh... He is an actor. So Eric is um, Eric uh, has been in shows like The Knicks, Smallville, Flash Gordon, Rookie Blue are some of the big ones. When he was a kid, he was in Legends of the Fall, the movie with Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. And we when did we have him in? It was like January fourth or fifth. It was he was uh, he was in Edmonton, right, visiting his parents and yep. family off the beginning over, of the year yeah. over Christmas. So yeah, early January we had him in studio. And Eric is in that new movie, Fifty Shades Darker. You may have heard of it. Uh, it's the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I understand it's a very titillating uh, series of books that are now being have been made into movies. Mm-hmm. So Eric wasn't in the first one, but he plays a character named Jack Hyde, who's in Fifty Shades Darker and then Fifty Shades Freed, which is going to come out next year. So Fifty Shades Darker opened today, and I guess it's off to a good start. Despite terrible reviews, the Fifty Shades of Grey sequel, Fifty Shades Darker, is already whipping the competition, earning $5.7 million at the box office Thursday night, compared to the Lego Batman movies and John Wick Chapter 2's $2.2 million. I don't know whether to worship at your feet. It's a bit of a surprise since, according to Variety, prognosticators expected the Lego Batman movie to make north of 60 million and 50 shades darker, 40 million. David Blaustein, ABC News. I don't know whether to worship at your feet or spank you. If I could, if I had a nickel for every time someone texted that. You'd have a nickel. <laughs> uh, but we had, but we had Eric in studio. It was great. I mean, he didn't give away any any plot points, though. I, I apparently it's being terribly reviewed, but people are still going. And, and that's one of those movies. It's it's for the fans. If you're a fan of the book, if you were a fan of the first movie, you're gonna go regardless of the reviews, right? Oh, absolutely. If everybody yeah. told me the next Star Wars movie was horrible, I would still go. Other movies, the reviews might seem. But this weekend, I'm planning to go see Fifty Shades Darker because someone I know is in the film. And he's from Edmonton, so I'm going to go support the movie, regardless of what what I hear about it. But Eric was telling the story of when he got the part, uh, he got an email from his mom saying, oh, is it true you're going to be in this movie? Like, what's going on? And he called her and said, yes, mom, but don't worry, I keep my clothes on. (laughs) Well, they're about, you know, the two main characters have a very uh, physical relationship, shall Mm -hmm. we say. That's my understanding of it. Now, Eric in this one plays Jack Hyde, and the way he described Jack was a a character who probably failed all the respect in the workplace um, courses. So he tries to inappropriately woo the main, what's her name? Is it Anastasia? I think so, yeah. And uh, Dakota Johnson's character. Anyway. Yes, Dakota Johnson, and steal yeah. him away yeah. from the Christian Grey character. Right. Right. 
I, I actually sound like I, I'm hearing myself. If I were driving and listening to this, I'd be like, this guy's read all the books. I, <laughs> I haven't read all the books. I've just educated myself because I know a guy in the film. Uh, so anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see Fifty Shades Darker on Sunday. Why not? Right on. Cool. Let us know how it is. It'll be great. Of course I'm going to say it's great. Well, yeah. Even though do. apparently it's terrible. From, from the reviews, I'm just going to support Eric. You, so you, he's going to be great. I'm convinced of that. You do have a tendency to, to walk in after seeing a movie saying, oh, it's great. You'll love it. No matter what you see. Uh, Kevin says that Jalen Nye said on the afternoon show that she read all books. I did not know all three of the books. I did not know that. What's the author? E.L. E. L. James? Is that the author? I believe so, yeah. Again, I'm... proving my knowledge of something I apparently don't know that much about. <laughs> well, you're also using me as a filter for, or a, uh, I guess, some sort of judge for this knowledge and that stuff. And I only seen the movie maybe one and a half times on Super Channel. Well, oh, you night. have That's seen it. the first movie? I, uh, I actually have not seen I it. I sat down and watched it on Super Channel a few weeks ago when it was on. Yeah. Was it titillating? Uh, it, can uh, we say titillating on the radio? I think uh, we can. I like the plot. The plot was good. The, uh, it, yeah, sure. I've heard the is, dialogue is leaves something yeah. to be desired. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we got a texter who says, I was in the same grade as Kellen at Emmy Lazert. There you go. Well, hello. Whoever <laughs> that is. They actually wrote Keller, but I think they meant Kellen. Yeah. The Oilers back at practice today. Despite the lack of offense, they did not shuffle the lines. Here's Coach. Obviously, we haven't scored at the pace or the rate that we need to or wanted to. Uh, but I also look at the way we've defended. We haven't given up very much. Uh, you go all the way back to the Anaheim uh, road game or road trip. The only stinker defensively was the, the Minnesota one. So coming out of a break like this, we're going to stay with some familiarity and uh, give these guys an opportunity to, uh, to try and find a little more offense. We failed once miserably against Minnesota coming out, so we've adjusted some things practice-wise today and expect the players to adjust uh, a few things individually tomorrow so that we get a better opportunity at success. Todd McClellan, once an assistant coach in Detroit, Red Wings owner Mike Illich passed away today at the age of 87. Yeah, I can't say enough about that family to begin with, and certainly the uh, the patriarch was, was Mr. Illich. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk over the last few days about the Stanley Cups and the, the great ball teams that he put together. Uh, I think it's more important that we talk about the way that family treats people. And... Uh, you know, the organization, the Illiches, led by him and, and Mrs. Illich, were uh, uh, tremendous. It didn't matter where you stood in the totem pole as an employee. They treated everybody the same. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a sad day for, for anybody who knew him, but for hockey in general. Well said by Todd McClellan. Scoreboard tonight, Blackhawks lead the Jets 2-1 after 2. Lightning and Wild tied 1-1 after 2. The Regina Pats are now up 2-1 on the Edmonton Oil Kings. That is after the first period. For more on the Eskimos and Oilers news today, check out 630Ched.com. I want to thank our guests. You heard from Andrew Parker, Jason Strudwick, and Brendan Ulrich. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll rejoin you at 6.30 tomorrow night for the Face Off show. We have play-by-play between the Oilers and the Hawks coming up at 8. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.